You're listening to The Message from the Hillsborough United Methodist Church, our weekly sermon broadcast available for working around the home, your commute, or wherever God calls you to listen. In April of this year, when we were just beginning to adjust to what has now become the reality for our church life together, our church distributed these Easter-themed signs that many of us displayed proudly on our lawns and in the windows of our homes. These signs served as a visual and an appropriately socially distanced invitation to our neighbors to join us in virtual worship to remember and celebrate the holiest of days in our Christian church, in which we proclaim together, Christ is risen. A little over a month past Easter Sunday on May 25th, George Floyd died after nine minutes and 30 seconds with the knee of former officer Derek Chauvin pressed into his neck as he lay face down and handcuffed on the pavement. We saw played out on body camera footage a horrific example of the Good Samaritan story gone bad as a black man was murdered without help from bystanders. It was in the days following George Floyd's murder that my wife Elena took our He is Risen sign from our window and she meticulously measured and colored the words Black Lives Matter on the reverse side. We placed that sign in our window, Black Lives Matter side facing out, where it has been ever since. As my work has adapted to the pandemic, I have been encouraged to get my charting and other administrative tasks completed from home, which has meant that I spend a lot of time at a desk directly under this sign in the window above me. As the sunlight streams in from that south-facing window, I can see the words, he is risen, facing me. However, the writing on the other side becomes transparent in the light, and Black Lives Matter clearly shines superimposed through the proclamation that our Savior is risen. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I've been thinking a lot this year about the ways that this greatest of commandments impacts Christian life. Or rather, should impact Christian life. As I have looked up to the window in the middle of my work and I see those words, he is risen, Black Lives Matter, in the light, the simultaneous complexity and simplicity of the intersections between our love of God and neighbor and self 
is cause for reflection. And in full self-disclosure, it has also been cause for some personal frustration and anger. My frustration comes when we read together the greatest of commandments like it's something new. Like it hasn't been around since the 7th century BCE when we first saw written evidence of it in the composition of the book of Deuteronomy. And it's probably been around a lot longer before that. My anger comes when we complicate love of God and love of neighbor and love of self to the point that it is distorted beyond recognition and love becomes a mere shadow of itself buried in the muck of idolatry. My frustration comes from the fact that we even need sermons on this particular scripture at all. But just as God's love is constant, so is our struggle with sinfulness. We miss the mark in so many ways, again and again and again. And so in my frustration and in my anger that we as a human race just can't seem to get this commandment right, I am painfully aware that we need We need to hear these words again and again and again. We need to see them, write them on our hearts, live them, act them, love, love, love. John Wesley taught early Methodists way back in 1700 forever ago that there is a vital intersection between our acts of piety and our acts of mercy. Wesley taught that God's grace is given freely and cannot be earned through work. However, Wesley clearly believed that we are to engage in good works as we await our experience of God's grace in our lives. And so, our devotedness to God, our obedience to God's will in our lives, becomes evidence by our love, our care, and our justice-mindedness for our neighbors and for ourselves. A person then who is wholly in love with God ought to bear fruit of that love, such as those fruits that we see listed in the fifth chapter of Galatians, joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The fruits of the Spirit cannot exist without an object to that fruit. The love, the joy, the peace, it has to have a direction and it must go somewhere. Love of God in its fullness exists with some sense of lived out evidence of that love in this world. Rob Bell writes in his book, Everything is Spiritual, the Bible isn't about how to get into heaven. It's a library of poems and letters and stories about bringing heaven to earth now. About this world becoming more and more the place that it should be. There is very little in the Bible about what happens after we die. That's not what the writers were focused on. Their interest again and again is on how this world is arranged. Does everyone have enough? 
And are the power struggles tilted in favor of the vulnerable? Has violence been renounced? Or is it being kept in circulation? In the prayer of Moses that we heard in Psalm 90, we are first and foremost reminded of the steadfast, everlasting presence of God. Then the psalmist seems to make a sharp turn as they talk about the fleeting nature of human life. They remind us we are dust. We are like the new grass in the morning that becomes withered away by evening. The psalmist has a focus on the long, communal, overarching human journey rather than just the individual, asking that the work of God be shown to them, but stating a realization that the completion of that work, the splendor, will be shown not to them necessarily, but to their children and their children's children. They long to help the world become more of the place it should be for the generations that will follow them. The psalm ends with that repeated phrase, establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So even knowing that they will not see the completion of God's kingdom on earth in their short lifetime, the psalmist still asks God for a piece of the action, for guidance in what their small part of that big, big story can be. It's not easy for a lot of us right now to muster up that emotional and spiritual and even physical energy to make such a big ask of God. Establish the work of our hands. It's heavy, heavy, hard work. But we do it because we have heard and because we know that we are part of something bigger than ourselves. We ask God, establish the work of our hands because our deep, deep love of God compels us to do nothing less. We know God's grace has been given to us, and we long to feel it completely in our hearts. And so we serve, and so we praise, and so we march, and so we feed, and so we clothe, and so we love. We love, we love, we love. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands in times of challenge and controversy. The true neighbor will risk his position, his prestige, and even his life for the welfare of others. Standing up for our neighbor is not promised to be easy. In fact, it's promised to be as dangerous as the Samaritan stopping to help the beaten man on that terrible road to Jericho. Yet knowing this danger, we long to see the beauty of God's kingdom come here, in this place. And so we dare to ask God, establish the work of our hands. And we dare to love, love, love. When the, one of the Pharisees, the expert in the law, asked Jesus, 
Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? He wasn't asking because he didn't know. As I've said, this commandment is nothing new. It's something that's pretty much been around forever through with their ancestors and through the far reaches of history. The Pharisee was a sneaky fellow, part of a group of people who had been trying to trick Jesus into saying something that would give them pretense to put him to death. But as we know, Jesus was skilled in the ways of language, and he responded in such a way that he didn't bite the bait. The Pharisees just can't trip him up. Love, 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 Jesus says. When the response to evil is love, we can't go wrong. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So if we claim to be holy in love with God, our lives ought to show it. If we claim to be Christian Christ followers, people who see us should be able to see glimpses of Christ in us. If we claim to be the church, we ought to act like the He is risen Christ is just as alive and well in our lives as the Black Lives Matter Christ. We live into the hard stuff, the gritty pieces of faith, and we ask fully and completely with every part of the love of God that we possess in our hearts and our minds and our souls to establish the work of our hands. Our works of mercy towards our neighbors and ourselves are connected to the very grace of God, alive and working in and through us. So as the sunlight shines through the south-facing window and I see those words, he is risen, clearly as they face me, and as the writing on the other side becomes transparent and the light and Black Lives Matter clearly shine, superimposed through that proclamation of our Savior's resurrection, I see in all of it the words love, love, love. We need to hear those words again and again and again. We need to see them. We need to write them on our hearts, live them, act them. Love, love, love. It's not as complicated as we try to make it seem. Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Hillsborough United Methodist Church. Our senior pastor is Clay Andrew. Our pastor for Las Naciones Hispanic Ministries is Jorge Rodriguez. Our media ministers are Kevin Proctor, Janica Stewart, Perry Hume, Al Dietrich, Christy Proctor, and Dave Rose. Presently, our live stream of services are available at 10 a.m. on the Hillsborough United Methodist Church YouTube page. You can find out more, like us on Facebook, or subscribe to our YouTube at hillsboroughumc.org. Thank you.